Hey gang, you've got Jake here from Ghostly Activities. And on today's episode, we're going to look at eight different ways to clear spirits and ghosts from your home. Now, this is a pretty extensive topic, so I'm going to go with the high level details about each one of these topics, but I'll also put links so you can go read the in-depth article from ghostlyactivities.com. Okay, so with that, happy October, and let me have a swig of my very strong cup of coffee, because you know, it is the Pacific Northwest. Mmm, I do love strong coffee. (laughs) And let's get started. So the very first topic is negotiating. And I know you're going to be like, how do you negotiate with the dead? (laughs) Well, if you remember, right, the dead were people once too. And talking is a great way to hash out ideas and influence people, even dead people, to do something that you want. Now, doesn't mean you have to command them or anything like that, but negotiating is a big one. And with this, it's really gonna work with an intelligent haunting. So an intelligent haunting, if you remember, is one that shows that it can communicate with you. There's another type of haunting called a residual haunting. That one, eh, not probably gonna work with a residual haunting. A residual haunting is nothing more than an echo from the past. It's gonna play out at the same time, same date. Um, won't even know you're there. It's just like watching a silent movie. How's that? (laughs) Okay. Not much you can do with a residual haunting when it comes to negotiating, but you can with an intelligent one. And that is especially if you can identify who the spirit was in life. It's something, you know, you can ask them to go. You can say, I'll give you this if you do such things as leave my house. Um... And I got to tell you, a lot of psychic mediums go this route when they're communicating with spirits. Um, Yeah, so negotiating, I, you know, like I said, just don't command. Commanding is probably one of the worst things you can do. You know how rebellious teen acts when you say, go to your room, you're grounded for a week. No, it's like that's not going (laughs) to work. But you could try to get the spirit to move on to a better place. Just be respectful. Um say how their activity scares you, say if it scares your kids, if it scares your pets, ask them for a clear sign so you can give them what they need to go. But in some cases, I will say a spirit is really bound to the area and isn't going to move on anyway. And at that case, you have to learn to live with each other. Okay, so negotiating, probably most common way to do things. It works pretty well, I've got to say, but in sometimes you're going to reach detente and you just have to live with each other. Okay. So next up is holy water. Now, let me just give you the scoop on how to make holy water on your own, and then we'll get into some different types of holy water. The big thing here is if you're going to go this route, this is similar to spiritual cleansing, which I talked about in the last episode, is usually your belief system and the ghost's belief system have to match for the stuff to work. Okay, so what that means is if you're Catholic, don't expect your um, holy, don't expect holy water or whatever spiritual cleansing you use to work on Jewish or say Native American spirits. Not gonna work, might escalate things. 
but getting to holy water. So first, ideally, you want to get some water, <laughs> right? Um, generally speaking, I use purified water for this one. And then you put it in a clean container. Again, it doesn't really matter what it is. Could be a big old coffee mug, could be a vase, a mixing bowl. Not too particular about it. Next up though, and this one matters, uh, is kosher sea salt. So all you need is really a pinch of it to drop into the water itself. And then you get two ways to kind of finish it. Like I said, this is kind of the down and dirty, you know, Dean Winchester mode <laughs> from Supernatural of creating some holy water here. So first off is you can use a holy relic, and that could be a rosary, a cross, St. Benedict's coin, uh, pretty much with a symbol of Christ on it, and you can put it in the water. The next is over the water, you can recite Psalm 103 as well, and that will pretty much charge the holy water. Now, you, you could do both. Um, I don't know if it pluses up the power of the holy water or not, but you want to leave whatever symbol of Christ you're using um, in the water for probably 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes. With reciting Psalm 103, when you're done, it's charged. It has its purifying powers at that point. And then you can use it to help with the clearing. But remember, when you take the holy water, you need to flick it in the corners of the room, wherever the spirit might be manifesting as well. Um, and then that will help to clear out the spirit. It can come back though. And so we'll talk about sometimes you have to use some multiple techniques and this is where salt will come into the mix or saging, but we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, just a couple of other holy water types, you can get saint holy water. And this is, these are from the wells associated with the different saints. Um, the most famous one is in Lourdes, France. Uh, and well, if you're gonna go that route, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a bit more expensive. Uh, the next one is Gregorian holy water. And this is pretty much the traditional kind of holy water. It's got some ashes in it, salt and wine, as well as the holy water as well. It's used to consecrate altars. And this is very effective against demons. So if you want to go that route, say you think you have a demonic haunting, I would go with the Gregorian holy water for sure. Um, but you have to check with your local parishes and stuff to see if they've got that type as well. I mean, with demons, the relic holy water, which is the one I told you about, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Gregorian holy water is probably the route to go with that one, okay? Next up is we'll talk about removing haunted objects. So from the last podcast, if you tuned into that one, it's all about getting rid of haunted objects. And with this one, it's, you know, you bring something into the home and crazy stuff like poltergeist activity starts up. Now with haunted object removal, you'll hear me talk about salt quite a bit. With this one, once you've identified what the haunted object could be, you salt it, take it to a graveyard, bury it. That should do it every single time. Um, now there's also the tips on burning. I will say go back to the episode on haunted objects and remedies. It was last week's. That was the episode that went out the weekend of uh, October 4th. Check that one out. I got a lot of details for you there that I don't necessarily want to rehash here. Uh, just for time, right? <laughs> but after that is we have spiritual cleansing. And you heard me talk about this before with making sure that your belief system and the 
ghost belief system matches because there are plenty of times I've had a case in, I told you about the one in Arizona, I had a case in Brooklyn where it turned out the spirit was a Jewish woman that used to live in an apartment and the Catholic people that moved in when they tried to <laughs> clear it, let's just say the name of Jesus isn't gonna work for a Jewish person, <laughs> okay? Uh, things escalated with that one. But when it comes to a spiritual cleansing, if you just want to do it down and dirty yourself, and I'm kind of, a, the, you know, <laughs> the down and dirty way of doing things, uh, of course, you can bring in clergy to do a blessing uh, that way to help clear the house. Um, and the other thing is to take some religious objects. So again, we talked about rosaries, crucifixes, those types of things, stars of David, if you're Jewish, and place them around your house. Now, before you do that, take the objects and have a special blessing done by your priest or your clergy. Have them have them do that special, I guess, anointing, if you want to call it. I'm on the Buddhist side of the house, so I would be doing such things as uh, I would have a Buddha in meditation put out, or I'd have the wheel put out as well. You know, symbols, symbol, symbols of, uh, you know, Buddhist faith and have them blessed, bring them into the home, put them where the ghost has been manifesting. The other thing you can do is put them around doors and windows as well. It's kind of a barrier as well and won't let things come back in. Um, but here's the big thing. when you If you don't put the items out across the house, the spirit could move to a different room. Could be the attic or to the basement. So you really want to make sure you put a lot of barriers and cleansing type objects around so you can kind of route the spirit outside the house. So this is why I bring up the doors and windows thing is just because they go out, they can come back in. You'd be surprised a lot of times ghosts like to use traditional ways of re-entering a house or entering a house, front door, back door, windows. So that's important to make sure you cover off those areas as well. And that's another reason to use some salt, which we'll get to in a minute. Now we are at smudging. So this is a lot of people hear about this. You get out the sage, you light it up, blow it out. So you've got that nice reddish orange glow at the end and smoke is rolling off of it. And, you know, smudging, smudging deserves its props. Now there's different combinations uh, that you can use for your smudge sticks. It doesn't always have to be sage is what I'm getting at. Now, first things first is just because you might think it's pagan or Wiccan and and you may be Catholic or you might be Protestant. Smudging still works the same. And a lot of the stuff used for smudging was used in the past. Well, some people still use it too. Um, kind of to clear an altar or spiritual area for your religious practice. So I would say just because it seems pagan or Wiccan, don't, and, and you're not pagan or Wiccan, don't let it stop you from using smudging, okay? Now, sage itself is pretty strong and can clear out a lot of negative energy. But the thing is, really, really dark, evil entities might you know feel a little pain from the smudging doesn't mean they're going to get cleared out from it and in that case you have to look into other herbs that'll help so i'll drop a link to all the herbs that protect against evil spirits 
And in that, I've got links for you to make your own say, uh, smudge sticks. Um, and how to do make uh, other different incenses that you can use as well. But just remember, when you light it up and you're using the smoke to clear out the area, you want to get into every nook and cranny as well. You want to get into the closets. You know, you want the smoke to waft around, get, un get it under the bed. Because <laughs> spirits, they're going to hide out. They're going to try to flee from this stuff, okay? One of the other things you can do is when you're clearing a room is open up the windows. Uh, open up all the doors to the house. And this is kind of like negotiating brought up earlier. Tell it to go. And it could just be as simple as saying something like, the smoke clears the spirit, ghost, and neg negative energy out of this house. Say it over and over. This allows you to focus your intent, and intent's a big deal for these sorts of things. And then make sure you waft and get it in all the corners so the spirit has no place to stick around. Okay? And then, when you close things, drop the salt. <laughs> The salt creates the barrier that keeps stuff from coming back in. However, like I said, if it's a really dark entity, it can be stubborn. And so you might have to repeat your smudging. I've never known anyone to do like one type, you know, one round of smudging and that's it. Usually you have to do it weekly for four to eight weeks in my experience. But it should always be a good four weeks that you're doing this, okay? And then, like I said, go over to ghostlyactivities.com to check out the article on herbs that protect against evil spirits. I usually go with a frankincense-myrrh combination instead of just sage. Frankincense and myrrh is a pretty powerful incense to use, okay? So that's kind of my knockout clearing method when it, when it comes to smudging, okay? And then next up is a very simple thing you can do, and that's white candle clearing. So just overall white deals with divinity and purity. So you can see how that would be good at casting out dark things. With it, you can't use a used candle. It has to be new. This has to be the purpose of that candle. And this could be just as simple as you light up the candles and put them around. Now you'll hear about those little tea candles, you know, the little tiny ones that kind of flicker and stuff. I'm talking like real white candles, you know, <laughs> not the de decorative <laughs> ones that you put out, put out the real candle, okay? And you just light it and walk around and you can negotiate with the spirit to get it to leave as well. It's kind of like saging in that regard. Um, and then you just keep repeating, make sure you've got the windows open and everything and do the little thing where you're going around and asking the spirit to go. Next up is, are you ready? Feng Shui. Now, a lot of times people put up clutter, creates a lot of kind of emotional baggage is the best way to say it. It can create, these things can absorb negative energy and it blocks the flow of good energy passing through the house. Now, it's obvious by the way I'm talking about this, I'm not a Feng Shui expert. <laughs> but there is something about Zen minimalism, which I know is a Japanese thing. Uh, but just having an open space with a lot of light let sunlight through, let's a clear breeze through. All these things matter in helping to clear out negative energy on its own. Mother Nature is a really great antiseptic. You just need to align things a little bit better with your living space and with the earth. And last up is salt. 
Now, I've got a big article called Salt, a ghostly protection go-to, and I'll drop a link for you. So salt is very, very pure. Now, there's a couple of things, right? Right, when we're talking about salt, um, you know, it's been used forever. <laughs> From preserving food, cleansing of all kinds. Um, you know, we see it on Supernatural quite a bit. <laughs> but it is used universally uh, as a protection thing. Like Shintoists in Japan will use salt to bar evil spirits from a room. And that's a lot of what we do. Salt is used for sumo matches. We've got Muhammad from um, Islam. Uh, he referenced salt in one of his four bl blessings in the Hadith texts. You got Jesus referred to the power of salt on the Sermon on the Mount. Hebrews threw salt over the shoulder to ward away bad luck and also ward off an evil eye. Um, and Wiccans can use salt to purify their altar. So, I mean, really, in a nutshell, salt is a great way to knock out evil spirits. And some of those ways are just as take some kosher sea salt, pour it in a bowl, leave it out in a room all night. There you go. Make sure you clean it out the next day. Some, you know, some places and some sites online will tell you you can leave it out for three days or a week or something. I usually replace it every day if I'm going to go that route. But to use salt, I find it's better as a barring agent to keep them out, like a force field, right? Versus a way to necessarily clear them. So you still do the blessings and candles. Um, but take your salt, and when you clear a room, pour the salt on the windows and the doors. That's to bar the spirit from coming back in. Okay, uh, and this is important because you know these spirits, if they like a place or like a person, they'll try to come back. But if you make it difficult for them, you know they won't. So normally, when I go through and, and when we do this clearing practice, I always do the window sills, I always do the doorway, I will put it around fireplaces and vents, anything that can be an opening that would say let air circulate is that's how I think about where I need to put the salt to bar things, okay? And if something's really wrong, you can pour a salt circle around you. Um, so another tip there you can do is you can take 13 candles and put in a circle around you as well to create a protective um, barrier for yourself, but usually you can just pour salt around yourself. Make sure it's about an inch thick if you're gonna go that route. And that should do a good job of preventing spirits from harming you or coming back into your house. And so with that, gentle listeners, we've got our episode for the day, Eight Ways to Clear Spirits from Your Home. Again, it's not always clearing. Some of it's protective, right? And go check out those links to ghostlyactivities.com because the article on herbs is really long. And the article on salt is pretty long too. So, with that, happy October, and take care. <music>